And that keep you long this evening. Let's just pray. Father, we just come before you tonight, Lord God, and we come to hear your word, Lord. Lord, we thank you that we've been able to worship your name, Lord. But Lord, you haven't gone away, Lord. You are here. And Lord, you want to speak to us through your word, Lord God. Lord, we pray that our ears would be open, Lord God. Our hearts would be, be, be open to what you have to say to us, Lord God. Lord, not just to hear, but to be doers also, Lord. Lord, this is not my word. This is your word, Lord God. And Lord, we praise and we worship you for it. We thank you we have the benefit of it, Lord. Where in other countries, Lord God, uh, people don't even have a Bible, Lord. But we have your word freely, Lord God. Help us to appreciate it, Lord God. Help us to follow it, Lord God. Lord, we give you all the glory and the honor for who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, the title of the message tonight is God is. Just simply, God is. And we want to read just um, Psalm 46, just a few verses, the first three verses. And it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. I just want to draw your attention just to that small word at the end of verse 3 there, just at the beginning. Selah. You know, we read it so many times, and we've heard uh, variations of what it means, but we we've just tend to pass it over, and we tend to just think it's a superfluous word. But it does mean to pause. It means to pause. You know, we read three verses there. And it's telling us to pause and think about those words. Think about what we have just read. And I was thinking about life. Life is so rapid nowadays. You know, it seems we have always got to be somewhere. And we've got to be somewhere in a hurry. And life just gives us, takes us along with its flow so many times. You know, we go to work. You know, we say we, 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 we eat, we sleep, we work. We eat, we sleep, we work. And many of the time our life feels like that. We've got a work life. You've got family life, legitimate things. You've got your kids. Kids got to go here, got to get them to school. After school, classes, football practice, whatever it is, music practice. Got to go here, got to go there. There's a party here, such and such is having a party. Got to get the kids there. You know, and commitments that we have to one another. Commitments with work, the family, one another. We always seem to be in a hurry. You know, I had a friend once who used to do calls in Dublin. He used to say, the foreman used to come out. And he says, I can't talk to you at the minute. I'm in the middle of a hurry. And <laughs> I know it sounds quite humorous, but life is like that sometimes. Yeah. You feel like you're in the middle of a hurry. When can you get time to stop and take a, take a step back and rest? You know, and many of the time our spiritual life can be like that as well. But we don't stop. You know, it's a quick worship. It's a quick read, a quick thank you. Tell me, Lord, what you need to tell me. Thanks very much. I'll see you tomorrow. And let's be honest, and I'm being honest, many a time my, my quiet times are like that, where we're fitting God in. You know, many a time uh, uh, to me it feels like 
I go into to my room and I sit down and I'm killing time rather than spending time. We're killing time. What's the success? We sit for an hour. We sit for whatever length of time we can get. And we're killing time. We're looking at the clock and thinking, well, that's new, time's near up. And I don't know if that strikes a chord with you, but with me, that goes through my mind. But we need to spend time with God. You know, I, 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 you know, times I'm not even thinking about God. You close that door and you're thinking, I wonder what's for dinner. And you're thinking, I've got to get that done. And the next thing, your mind's consumed by the things of the day and the things of the world and legitimate things in that. But we've got to take time and we've got to stop and we've got to pause. Because his word is life. His word is life. We quote this verse so often, in him we live and move and have our being. But let's be honest, does our lives bear that out? Is there times when our lives are so far away from that where we think, right, God will fit you in somewhere down the line. In him we live and move and have our being. What's the alternative if we don't pause? Because life will just carry you along and it will carry me along. If we don't pause, life is going to run us dry. It is going to run us ragged. We're not going to know whether we're coming or going. And we know what that feels like because we've been there. And we have to take time to pause and come before God. You know, if we don't, we will be a fearful people. We'll be a people of worry and doubt, robbed of the presence of God, empty and humiliated. And that's not what God has called us to be. God has called us to be more than conquerors. God has called us to be more than conquerors. For this world, it has no time for God. The things of this world have no time for God. The things that this, this world has time for is the things of itself. But this is not the thing that God has for the Christian. For our help is of the Lord. And I want us to just share a few thoughts from these verses that we read. And for me, I was thinking about it, and it, it sort of brings things back into perspective. I'm sort of calling this like a psalm of perspective. You may comment on some of the other verses. But where we pause and we look at what God is actually saying to us. We pause and we look at God. So let me just read them again. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Selah. And I love the way the psalmist starts this psalm. It says, God is. What a start. What a start to the psalm. But what a start to our lives. God is. You notice it doesn't say, start with God or I. It doesn't start with I. It doesn't start with God and I. It doesn't say start with God as an important part of my life. It doesn't say God is God is when I'm in difficulty. It says God is. God is the most important thing in our lives. It's not rocket science. I have nothing new for you tonight, but I believe this is what God wants us to, to realize tonight. 
that God is the center of our lives. He has to be the first in our lives. What does the Bible say? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. That's why he's got to be at the start. He wants to direct our paths and lead us into his blessing and lead us into all that he has for us. And many a time in our lives, you know, maybe there's a new venture that we've got in our minds, something we'd like to do. We've got plans. We've got big decisions. Do you start them with God? Does it start with God? Do I start them with God? Or do I think about them? And I'm way, way, way down the road before I even think, let's think about asking God. Let's start with God. God is our starting point. He's your starting point and he's my starting point. You know, if people asked us, our friends around us that are unsaved, people that know us that are unsaved, if they were to ask us, ask us that question, what would we say? Would we be making it up? Or would, could we truly say, God is the center of my life? I'm not saying we don't get things wrong, we make mistakes, but at our heart, we want God to be at the center. God has to be at the center. Is he our starting point? Is it clear to those around that God is the center of our lives? Are they looking at us and saying, there's someone who knows God. There's someone who trusts God. There's someone who, who, who goes and serves God. Not just doesn't know that they go to church, but they do this and they do that. But they know your character is that you are a, person, a child of God and that he is the center of your life. Look what it says. It says God is our. It has to be personal. Oh, you are. I like talking about grammar. I don't know an awful lot about it, but I like talking about it. But oh, you are is when you're talking about personally. If you're talking about yourself, you spell it O-U-R, not A-R-E. God is our. Our relationship with God has to be personal. It's not fleeting. It's not, I know him. Where have I seen him before? And many times our lives are like that. We think, who's that? God, yes, that's, that's, that's that big man, this guy. You know, I'm being facetious. You know what I mean by that. We need a personal relationship with God. And that just don't mean salvation. Salvation, as you'll say today, it's the starting point. But we move on into relationship with him. It has to be personal. You know, we've said this before. Mary sat at his feet. Moses spoke to God face to face. Abraham was called the friend of God. Enoch walked with God. And Paul said that I may know him. To me, that all speaks of personal a personal relationship with God Almighty. And we need to protect that personal relationship with God because this world will try to rob us of that personal relationship. God wants us to draw close, personal, personal. In marriage, a husband and a wife are meant to be close and personal with one another. And if they're not, it sticks out. God, it's the same with the relationship with God. It has to come first. You know, I was thinking there of David Wilkerson of Times Square Church passed away there about a year ago. 
And I remember this, hearing the story of him that during the sort of 80s and stuff, when he moved to New York, you know the book he wrote crossing the switchblade about Nicky Cruz and how he worked with the gangs? And it's, it was said about him, he could have filled stadiums. He traveled around, speaking engagements, here, there, and everywhere. People flocked to see him. But he said himself on the inside, the relationship with God was drying up. He wasn't happy. And he, the story goes that he was on, his, on the tour bus where they took them around the stadiums and where the next meeting was. And he, he picked up a book. It was about the old Puritan book. can't remember the name of it. But God spoke and said, I want you to read it. And it was about getting close to God, about putting God first, about being personal with God. And what he had realized, that the work had become bigger than God. The work was worth more to him than God. People were saying, I want to go and hear David Wilkerson. And they could say it of other speakers, I want to go and hear them, and they're a great speaker. But listen, unless that speaker is in touch with God, it's a waste of time. The personal relationship with God is more important. Do you know what God's giftings can become a... a the only way I can put it, it can become a, a, a real monster in your life because the more you move on with it in your own strength, the more and more you've got to feed it, the more and more you've got to control it, the more and more you've got to make it happen. And before you know it, God's not in it. Listen, you've missed the, we, have, we can miss so easily the personal relationship with God. Do you know God's promises are for him to fulfill? God gives the promises for him to fulfill. You don't fulfill God's promises. I don't fulfill God's promises. God's promises are for him to fulfill. He fulfills his promises. Never let the promise become bigger than the fulfiller of the promise. Never let the work become more important than who the work is for. Do you know, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. We need to go to God and say, God, what do you want me to be doing? What do you want me? What are you calling me to do? What are you personally calling me to be? And then when he gives it to us and shows us it, we say, God, well, how do, show me how to do it. Let me do it in your strength. Let me do it in your power. Let me do it in your will. Clifford said today, it's not about the work, it's about being filled with the Spirit and doing it through the power of the Spirit. The Spirit wants to fill us and do it through us. That's the personal relationship that God wants. Make time. Pause. And make sure we're there with that personal relationship with God. Make time for him. Protect your personal relationship with God. Legitimate things can get in the way. Illegitimate things can get in the way. But protect your personal relationship with God. Jesus said, when you go into, the, into your room, close the door. Put it all out. Put everything out and just focus on him. Focus on God because God is our. God is our. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh in vain. Except the Lord. Our greatest need is the Lord. It's God filling us with his spirit.
Make time. Make God your personal God. I don't mean salvation. I mean your personal God. You know him personally. He is a friend of God. Be a friend of God and he will be a friend of us. God is our refuge and strength. God is our refuge and strength. Again, it doesn't say man is our refuge and strength. It doesn't say we ourselves are our refuge and strength. You know, people say we're the master of our own destiny. Listen, that's rubbish. That is nonsense. And we as Christians need to think very, very differently than that. Because we are not the masters of our own destiny. God is our refuge and strength. It's not the financial system. And we know how unstable that is. Five, six years ago, everybody thought, this is great. We're, we're made for life. We're fixed. We're done. You know, I've talked to various insurance guys and brokers and the, 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 you know, that would invest for you and stuff. And one in particular says, he said, I had to go to a man and tell him almost overnight that he'd lost 50% off, off, off his investments. Overnight. He says, I thought it was the end of the world. It's not the financial system. It's not our color or our creed. Listen, there's people in this world think that color makes them, gives them favor with God because they're a certain color or a certain creed. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. No respecter of persons. That's not our color and it's not our creed. We know Hitler thought of the, the Aryan superiority, you know, where everybody was blonde hair and blue eyes. I think that's most of us out. Know what it is. But thank God, God thinks differently. God is our refuge and our strength. It's not the government. It's whether they're good or bad, you think they are. It's still not the government that is our refuge and our strength. It's not the military strength that is our refuge and our strength. It's not how much bombs and bullets and guns and tanks we have. It's God is our refuge and our strength. It's not our traditions. We love traditions in this country. But it's not our traditions. God is our refuge and our strength. There's no safer place to be than in God. Because he looks after us. He is our strength. This psalm is taken from 2 Kings. If we could turn there just, just to point a few things out. 2 Kings 18. Again, you brought it up this morning. I thought he was going to preach my message. But then I look at it as God wants to doubly say something. So that we make it and we get it. <laughs> but this is where this, this, this psalm is taken from. I've just some small comments. And the history is, this is King Hezekiah. Jerusalem is surrounded by Sennacherib, king of Assyria. The city is shut up tight. And the enemy is spouting threatenings. We read that from verse 17 off. Hold on, I'm on the wrong verse. Chapter. 
It says, and, and the king of Assyria sent Tartan and Rabsaris and Rab, Rabshakeh from Lachish to King Hezekiah with a great host against Jerusalem. And they went up and came to Jerusalem. And when they were come up, they came and stood by the conduit of the upper pool, which is in the highway of the fuller's field. And when they had called to the king, there came out to them Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, which was over the house, and Shebna, the scribe, and Joab, Joah, the son of Asap, the recorder. And Rabshakeh said unto them, Speak ye now to Hezekiah. Thus saith the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this wherein thou trustest? And this is what the enemy tries to do. He tries to undermine our confidence in God. He tries to say, What are you trusting in? What are you trusting in? He goes on to say, Thou sayest, but they are but vain words. I have counsel and strength for the war. Now on whom dost thou trust that thou rebellest against me? Now behold, thy trust, is, do you, thy trust is upon the staff of this bruised reed, even upon Egypt, on which if a man lean, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, unto all that trust in him. But if you say unto me, we trust in the Lord our God, is not that he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and has said to Judah and Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem. And Hezekiah had taken down the false idols and the false religions. And a, and a worldly religion will, will build, its, build its kingdom on lies. But we need to remove them and put our trust in the real God. Remove it all. Listen, God is not a crutch. But we lean on him. We lean on him and he gives us his full strength. Now therefore I pray thee, give pledges to my lord the king of Assyria, and I will deliver thee two thousand horses, if I be able on thy part to set riders upon them. How then wilt thou turn away the face of one captain of the least of my master's servants, and put thy trust on Egypt for chariots and for horsemen? Am I now come up, again, come, come up without the Lord against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. And the world will make plans that say that God is with them. And certain religions and false religions say God is with them. But if we personally know God, we will know God is with us. God is with us. He went on, he questioned their trust in God. He questioned the strength of God. But Hezekiah in 19 verse 1 and 7, he knew to go to God. And he went into the house of God. And it came to pass, chapter 19 and verse 1, it came to pass when King Hezekiah heard it that he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. And that is so important for us that we go into the house of the Lord, into the place of our refuge and our strength. And he sent Eliakim, which was over the household, and Shebna the scribe and the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and of rebuke and blasphemy, for the children are come to the birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. It may be the Lord thy God will hear all the words of Rabshakeh, whom the king of Assyria, his master, have sent to reproach the living God, and will reprove the words which the Lord thy God hath heard. Wherefore, lift up thy prayer for the remnant that are left. So the servants of the king Hezekiah, of king Hezekiah came to Isaiah, and Isaiah said unto them, Thus shall ye say to your master, Thus saith the Lord, Be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. 
Behold, I will send a blast upon him, and he shall hear a rumor and shall return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. And this happened. That this, this man, the, the, the Assyrians were called away because of a rumor. But then we go on and we read Sennacherib in, in, in verse 8 of chapter 19. Comes back himself and he starts to threaten again. And he starts to spout against, against God and against the people of God. And saying, God won't look after you. Because look what I have done to all these other nations. And their gods have not been able to stop me. And becomes arrogant and he offends God. But Hezekiah goes to God again. And I, th I was thinking about this. We should never be afraid of making ourselves a nuisance before God. Never be afraid to make ourselves a nuisance before God. Because God is for us. God is our refuge and our strength. If you look what Hezekiah, he went before God and he spreads this letter before him, all the words of Sennacherib, and he says, look what this man's saying. Lord, we need you. Let's be paraphrasing. Lord, we need you. And I like what Hezekiah prays here in verse 14. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwelleth between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone. <coughs> Notice this personal relationship that Hezekiah has with God. You are God and God alone. He knows his God. Even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which has sent him to reproach the living God. Again, if we have a personal relationship with God, we will have the ear of God. We will have the eyes of God looking upon us. And we will have God with us. He will hear our prayer when we are personal with God. When we know him in an intimate way. Verse 17, of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods. Again, Hezekiah sees the truth. He's trusting in the one true living God. He's saying these other nations, they don't have gods. These were fake gods. There's no gods at all, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they have destroyed them. And if our gods are going to be wood and stone and every other thing of this world, it's going to be burnt up too and it's going to be destroyed. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of this, his hand that, that, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. And then it goes on to say, Isaiah comes to Hezekiah with a prophetic word, and says, Then Isaiah the son of Amos sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, That which thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. Here's the reply coming. This is the word that the Lord has spoken concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Sion, hath despised thee and laughed thee to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem hath shaken her head at thee. Now I'm sure Hezekiah wasn't thinking like this at the minute. But this is the way God's seen it. We can laugh at the enemies. We can laugh at our enemies. 
we can laugh them to scorn because they have no power and they have no authority over us. When, whom, thou, whom hast thou reproached and blasphemed? And against whom hast thou exalted thy voice and lifted up thine eyes on high? Even against the Holy One of Israel. These people are in trouble because God has now lifted himself. Up until now, God was the refuge of Jerusalem. But now God's going to show his strength. And there is a time when God surrounds us and we're in the midst of things and troubles. And God will let us go through those at times. But he is our refuge in the midst of those things. But then there comes a time when God says enough. And he says, I'm going to show my strength. I've had enough of this. No more. By thy messengers thou hast reproached the Lord and hast said, With a multitude of my chariots I am come up to the height of the mountains, to the sides of Lebanon, and will cut down the tall cedar trees thereof, and the choice fir trees thereof, and I will enter into the lodgings of his borders and into the forest of his, of his Carmel. I have digged and drunk strange waters, and with the sole of my feet have I dried up the rivers of besieged places." Hast thou, hast thou not heard long ago how I have done it, and of ancient times that I have formed it? Now have I brought it to pass, for thou shouldest be to lay waste fenced cities into ruinous places. Therefore the inhabitants were small of power, they were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field, and as the green herb, as the grass of the housetop, and as corn blasted before it grown up. This is what Assyria is saying about the people that it has attacked. They couldn't stand before me. God's saying, this is what you have said about them. But God now stands up for us, for Hezekiah. He stands up for Israel. 29, verse 29. And this shall be a sign unto thee. You shall eat this year such things as grow with themselves in the second year, that which springeth of the same. And in the third year sow ye and reap and plant vineyards and eat the fruits thereof. Now this is a sign to Hezekiah that even in the midst of trouble, there is provision. In the midst of trouble, there is provision for the people of God. There is provision for the Christian. There is provision for you and I. There is bountiful provision, and it comes from the hand of the Lord. And the remnant that has escaped of the house of Judah shall yet again take root downward and bear fruit upward. In the midst, we can be strong, and God will plant us firm, and we will bring forth fruit. Then it goes on in verse 34 what God says, For I will defend this city to save it for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. And just the final few verses there, the deliverance that God brings. And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians and hundred fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. 185 in one night. God is our refuge and our strength. God is our refuge and our strength. That's the type of refuge and strength I want to be in. And I believe that's the type of refuge and strength you want to be in. And that is in God. God is our refuge and our strength. Listen, we need to go into the presence of God. And we need to stand before God and sit before him and say, God, I want to know you. For you are my refuge and my strength. 
We need to pause and we need to stop and we need to look at God. We need to wonder about God. We need to ponder the things of God, the word of God. And we need to say, God, will you show me yourself through this? It goes on to say, therefore, in, 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 in um, verse 4 of, 40, of Psalm, or Psalm 46, therefore will not we fear. Listen, we want to be in the place with no fear, but it is only found in God. If we know God as our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble, we will not fear. Even in the midst of all the turmoil, we will not fear. That's where I want to find strength. And that's where you want to find strength. We want to find comfort and peace and everything we need in God. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in time of trouble. He is with us. See him that way. See him that way. Let's take time to look at God. Listen, on a daily basis. On a daily basis, shut everything out and say, God, I want to see you. Lord, here's my, I'm making an appointment with you every day to come and meet with you. Would you come and meet with me? And we will see that God is our refuge and strength. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. God, there's people in this place tonight, your people, who need to know you as their refuge and their strength. Because, Lord, they're going through things where the hand of the enemy is pushing in hard, where there's maybe turmoil and trouble, where things don't seem to be working the way they think they should. Lord, I pray that they would see you as their refuge and strength. God, minister to them tonight, Lord. Let us see you rise up, Lord God. Cover us with your wings, Lord God. Dwell in the secret place of the Most High, under the shadow of the Almighty. Lord, you overshadow us tonight, we believe, in this place, Lord God. Lord, we, by faith we see your wings just hanging over us, Lord God. And that we are in the shadow of them, Lord. Lord, where the heat of the battle, where the attacks of the enemy can't get through, Lord. Lord, even though we may go through some of these things, but even in the midst of it, Lord, you are our refuge and our strength. Lord, we, 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 we will be fruitful in it, Lord God, as we look to you. Lord, we will be bountiful, we will, there will be fruit, bountiful fruit, Lord God, as we look to you. Lord, even there, there are roots will go down and fruit will come up. Hallelujah. Not because of ourselves, Lord God. Not because of anything that we can do. But because of everything that you have done. Lord, I thank you for your promises tonight, Lord. I pray for your people, for the promises that you have given them tonight. Promises that maybe even long ago, Lord God, that still, you still have yet to be fulfilled, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for them. And we know that you will fulfill them. For they are your promises. 
and your promises are yes and amen. Take heart tonight. Take joy tonight because God is your refuge and your strength. Lord, we want to know you more. We want to know you more personally, Lord God. Lord, you're more than, than words on a page. You're more than words on a page. And we thank you for your word. But Lord, it's pointing to you, the living God. Lord, our God is not dead, but our God is alive. Jesus is alive. And we want to know him tonight. Father, would you reveal yourself to us, Lord, as we, as we make time, Lord God, as we pause, as we stop in these days, Lord God. Lord, we pray that you would reveal yourself to us. Lord, we want to know you, Lord. Lord, we, we, we at times feel so far away from you, Lord God. But Lord, in your grace and your mercy, we believe, Lord, that you want to draw us. Draw us into your presence. Day by day, let things change. That our heart is thinking about you. That our minds are thinking about you. That when things come or go, our first thought is God. Lord, what a, what a, what a way to think that our first thought is God. Lord, you're beautiful. Lord, you are lovely. Thank you that you have given us the privilege to think of that. Lord, we give you glory tonight. Lord, I do. I pray for your people, Lord. And I pray tonight earnestly that they will see that. That you are their God. That you are their refuge and their strength. Lord, let them know you, Lord. Reveal yourself to them, Lord God. Draw them deeper into your presence, Lord God. Lord, we love you tonight. Lord, we could, we could talk all night of, the, of how beautiful and how wonderful you are. Yes. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you, Lord God. Thank you for the privilege that you have given us. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen.